Welcome to episode number eight of the How to Pair Beer with Everything podcast brought to you by NEPAScene.com. This week, Rich rejoins us and we all recount our wonderful trips that we had gone through the past week. So there's a lot of beer talk this week and uh, even more than last week. So we really dive deep this week into a lot of different things. So if you are enjoying, uh, let us know, NEPAScene.com, that's N-E-P-A-S-C-E-N-E.com. Shoot Rich an email, let us know what's going on, and let's get this one started. Mine was the best. Oh, really? No, I, it wasn't. It was actually boring. I don't know who's going to be the best. Rich is probably, because Rich's was more deserved and longer. <laughs> Mine was uh, Wednesday through Saturday. I went to uh, Rehoboth Beach and uh, visited Dogfish Head, which was a lot of fun. Uh, my first time there, so. Did, I, I got the photo of the 120. Did you try anything else from them? Uh, yeah, I, I had, uh, well, I had their food, which was amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's out of this world. Yeah. And, um, I tried a couple different things. They, they, they allow you four samples. So, uh, I'm trying to think of what the other ones were. Well, uh, if you started with 120, you're not going to remember the others. No, that's true. That's a good that, point. 120 was unbelievable. Rich sent me the photo asking if I ever tried it before. And he said, remember that story I always tell you about how I woke up with no pants on? That was the beer that led to that night. So be careful. <laughs> And that's how it starts. Yeah, it's one of the best. It's one of my favorite beers. Like, I love having that, but that's that's a one and done. It should be a one and done. You know, they they say it's one and done, but um, I, I, I it wasn't one and done that night that happened. Oh no, it never does. Once it touches the lips, you're like, oh, I'm gonna need another one to wash this one down. When I had it on draft when, when that happened, and a friend of mine was bartending and um, knew I loved that, so kept slipping me like, oh here, try a little more. Some more. Here's some more. Here. Oh, you have a growler in your car? Go get the growler. We'll fill up the growler for you. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I pulled him up because we tried quite a few. Let's see. Uh, Oh, he he took pictures. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Next thing, if there's a selfie, I'm not even going to know if you're actually rich. (laughs) Let's see. 61, uh, Tweez and Ale, uh, Namaste, um, the Midas Touch. That was good. Um, I think there was one, there was at least one other one in there somewhere too. Uh, it was like a 75 minute. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a special edition or something was like that. Johnny Cask? No, don't. The label you Yeah. And I, I love Sony. When you get that fresh, because what that is, is it's, it's a blend of 60 minute IPA and 90 minute IPA. Yeah. They blend it and then let it sit in barrels with maple syrup. Wow. For, I don't know, not too long. Mm. Enough that you get like maple, and that comes out fresh. Like, oh my god, is that good? Like, you just get the maple syrup in there, and yeah, I kind of want to go get one after this. That's what I'm thinking now. I'm like, I don't know when when that's released because I I love it fresh after a little bit. 
it's still good, but the maple syrup drops. Oh, yeah. And that, that's kind of like, I, that's my favorite part about it. Yeah, I mean, when you're getting it right from the brewery, it's a totally oh, different experience than, you know, if you're you're getting the bottle way afterwards, you know. So, you know, I grabbed a couple bottles while I was there, too, but, you know, really good stuff. Uh, just, just a lot, and a lot of fun, too. I mean, they were really cool, laid back, like friendly, um, you know had answers to all your questions and stuff. I mean, the, the brewery is really impressive. I mean, they're doing it all basically on their own. You know, like they're one of the larger craft brewers in the country. So it was interesting to see because I had never been to something like of that, you know, that large before. I've been to some of the smaller local ones, but nothing on that level. Yeah, they're, they're like a whole – and like that was – there was an article that came out was it a couple of weeks ago, George, the, when Sammy came out and talking about AB was kind of coming around, kicking the tires on them, looking at – because they – they were trying for a while. They started, there's an old, um, what was the show he did? Was it, um, it wasn't Brewmasters. Is that what it was called? Yeah, it was called Brewmasters, was. yeah. I was thinking it was, on, for it was on Discovery Channel, I yeah, believe. it was only six episodes. Right. But I believe it was on that. Like, he was talking about how AB was already giving him problems for, like, names of his beers. I think it was, like, the Chicory Stout. For some reason, they were giving him a problem about having, like, I think it was because Stout was on. They were, mm. It was just a bullshit thing, but... What they what their tactic used to be, I don't think they do it anymore now because they realize craft beer has so many social media outlets that they and they don't give a shit about telling everybody like this is what's going on, and the backfire comes so quick. But they used to just basically try to bury them litigiously, like by throwing out frivolous lawsuits at them that they knew were bullshit, but they had to pay to defend. Right. And then that wound up affecting their production, and that's how they wound up. Going in oh jeez! Breweries down because of everything. Huh? So I mean, that, that was one of their their tactics. They kind of had to back off of because you just saw so many breweries are coming out and posting the letter. Because even he, I mean, it was on a television show that was nationally syndicated. Yeah. And is reading the letter that that came out. It's like <laughs> you're the one that's an asshole, not me. Right. So that was you know how they were doing all those things, and it it worked, and they wanted making all these people back down. And then they changed their tactic to just outright buying them out. <laughs> Which, yeah. Oh, definitely. (laughs) The uh, it was cool too because they have uh, a restaurant that's near the beach and that's separate from the brewery. But I guess that's where they started originally. Like that's where they were brewing stuff. So it was kind of cool because they had some of the stuff there on display that you could see and everything. And then the actual the the food was unbelievable. I had a uh, a meatloaf uh, sandwich that had like the potatoes and stuff on it and everything. It was just like all this stuff piled on it, but it was unbelievable. I mean, it was it, n- n- like no sandwich you've ever had. It's, it was crazy. I sandwich you brought it back would be moldy by now. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just thinking about the, you know, 89 cent can of soup I just had for dinner today. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good stuff. Well, well I, I'm, I'm right back to hot dogs this week, so. <laughs> nice. Hot dogs that, and mac and cheese. Yeah, that was, that was the big splurge for the year. Now it's paying it all back. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> but, uh, and George, you went... Everywhere. Yeah. Um, we did, we left at 7 a.m. from my place, and we drove to Treehouse Brewing in Massachusetts. Uh, we got there for uh, the can release of Eureka, which we are actually drinking right now. It's a uh, American Blonde Ale with Citra. It's only 4.1%, but huge nose on it. Smells almost like a double IPA, but pretty fantastic. Uh, after that, we went to Trillium and Night Shift. Trillium, you can't really taste anything there. They just, you get growlers or bottles and that's it. Uh, picked up a few there and then we went to Night Shift. Obviously, Night Shift is one of my favorite breweries right now out of Boston. And coming home, we went to OEC in Connecticut. 
But it was a 15-hour day. I spent way too much, and now I'm back here, unfortunately. Yeah, that's definitely one thing that financially would add up so quickly when you're going all these places. That's the hardest thing, too, is when you're going in and trying. And I just know from, like, experience, if you go and you try stuff, and you're like, oh, I'll just try a couple of samples. I don't have a lot of money, and it'll be good. But you try a couple, and you're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to get this one. And then you wind up getting the one bottle, and you see another one. And then as the alcohol takes over a little more, you're like, who cares? Money for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go home, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> just do. Because then you're like, you know, if you overindulge, then you come home, and you're like, I don't even want to have this right now. <laughs> and that is the worst. And you come home with all that stuff, and you're like, oh, God. Because that's what th- this weekend where I went was up to Brewery Oma Gang for Belgian Comes Cooperstown, which was fantastic. We went up. It's uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you get up there. You camp out at the brewery, which was really cool, like, going, because usually make a, yeah, usually we make a pilgrimage, pilgrimage up, I don't know why it's so hard to say, uh, about once a year, and I, it's a beautiful area, beautiful brewery, um, they have really good food, too, and it's actually fairly inexpensive for what you're getting up there, but it's, it's like, from right here, like, in my house, like, two hours, it's not even a long drive, but just really nice up there, and, um, I never thought I'd be, you know, putting my tent on the grounds of the brewery of all time. Like we were there right in the front of the archway when you come into the brewery or tent right there. Which was great when we got there. Um, not really thinking about sun and shade and all that and then it really it sucked. <laughs> as soon as the sun starts <laughs> beating down we're like drenched in sweat and Yeah. But um, we wound up going to there was a VIP dinner on Friday night, which was fantastic. It was a five course meal. Um, had rabbit, um, raised lamb Stuff. But we, the, the coolest thing was when we got there, they had the appetizer set up, and they had suckling pig, like fresh roasted pig, and they were just carving it off right there, and that was the appetizer. Fancy. Yeah, so when I came in, I'm like, I'm going to love all of this, because <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I'm starting with this. And then you sat down, they had pictures of, I, I think it was Wit, I think it was Oma Gang Wit, I think that's what they had, or, or Duval, I'm not sure, I don't remember which it was, but they just had pictures at the table, like, just sit down, just start having really good Belgian beer and that was what you had every course there was a different uh, beer brought out had that and there was an after party um, we wound up going back and passing out of the tent and then we're woken up at like 3.30 in the morning because we slept in the area where all the brewers were not really knowing what that means uh, and then I quickly found out what that means is they're pouring and drinking until whenever the last person passes out which in our case was not till after four in the morning. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, because like we got up to the bathroom middle of the night and uh, not really thinking, we're walking. She turns and goes, "Oh my god, you're still drinking?" Because someone's like pouring stuff on tap, and the look that we got of like, well, "Yeah, like <laughs> why, why wouldn't not? you be drinking? Yeah, that, we're still awake." And it was like, "Oh yeah, I guess yeah, you got a point." Because it was like you know, it's the you know weekend camp for adults. Like <laughs> you're away and you do whatever. And, um, then we woke up and went uh, had breakfast on Saturday. Went around and the tasting started on Saturday, and that was fantastic. There's over a hundred breweries, and they're like you have like breweries from over in Belgium, and you have a lot of really great America ones bringing a lot of awesome Belgian sour beers to this thing. And like there was just so many beers. Like there was so much that I wanted to try that I couldn't even get to because it, it it was awesome the way it was laid out. It wasn't um, like cattle. Like that's what some of the festivals you go to. It's like you're being herded around. And oh yeah. This was like two open tents 
so that you could walk in and out. If there was a line at one, you can kind of walk outside the tent, walk around that line. But it was nice because we got there like right as they started because we were able to get in early for it and some of the brewers were pouring even earlier so we were able to just kind of walk right up and just I didn't wait in a line any place which was awesome I've never been at a fest like that usually after like 15 minutes I'm having like an anxiety attack I'm like oh my god everyone's hitting me I mean, and you can't drink anything because your elbow's getting smacked and beer's going everywhere <laughs> it's like, this is a, a, I love this like, it was just so nice and then uh, Saturday night the meat puppets headlined no shit yeah, it was it was it was totally was the only thing I forgot to mention that um they do a theme every year, and this year it was 90s. If you look right behind you, I have my uh, catalog sitting like Goosebumps. That's the <laughs> yeah. For the for the, the festival. They, they oh, man, it looks awesome. They just did it look like Goosebumps. Um, you got slap bracelets. Uh, the, the volunteer shirts look like old-school Nickelodeon T-shirts. Like, it was totally done to our generation. That's what they even said. Like, we're, we're at that point now where the, most of the people that are drinking our beer, this is... You know, this is when we grew up. Like you got to know your audience. Yeah. And it was just like that really. Because I guess last year they did, uh, I think it was last year. I was talking to one of the brewers. I think it was uh, Seinfeld was themed last year. They did just do like random things. This was kind of the most, from what it sounds like what they were telling me was, this was the most all-encompassing. Like it wasn't very specific. It was the 90s overall. Yeah. And they just had like all these 90s things. They had 90s bands, like most of the cover bands and then the Meat Puppets and the night, which was just like, I didn't know they were still doing anything. Right. <laughs> so it's like, that's cool. And then they had a movie night both nights. They had Dumb and Dumber on Friday, then the South Park movie on Saturday. <laughs> so it was really fun. It was just like very much in the wheelhouse for us. And it was just neat to kind of like have that little time trip. And, and then walking around Saturday was funny. Uh, <coughs> we were laughing because it, like, it looked like a frat party. Like if you've ever been to the brewery, it's this beautiful grounds, like really open. Just like a, It looks like a traditional Belgium brewery. And, uh, when we were walking around there's just bottles everywhere and I was like oh that's kind of sad just like trash but then you look at the bottles and it's all like, like cans of Hetty Topper Omegang Duval uh, Allagash like, all like nice beers just like and, like it looked like a Yale frat party like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like it looks like a frat party happened here but most of the frat parties it, it's not yeah like they're drinking Miller Lite they're not I don't, I don't see the natty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like that's so weird cause I, and I was looking at all of them expecting like, there had to been one guy just one guy, nobody. Like there was, no, I saw none of that there. Everybody had like, and I, I, I was looking at some things, and I was like, I feel like some people brought some beers just to walk around and show off. Because <laughs> like I saw people walking around like just drinking heady out of the can. Don't mind me, guys. Yeah, that's what it was. Just kind of like. And like it, it seemed like they were holding it, like I want to make sure the label's facing out and see. Very and readable. And like you know, like kind of looking around as they're holding the can, like oh, you just take it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get it. At some point, it's like yeah, it is a talking feature, like strike up a conversation with people. But I don't know. But it was fun. Like I, I, it was nice to get away actually for a little bit. It was a little more work than I would have liked because I had to do other stuff while I was there. But it was still nice to kind of get away and have the ability to disappear for a little while. Sure. Oh, well, definitely. I think everybody needs that, mm-hmm. yeah. especially <laughs> lately. Well, I mean, you, you guys have been to a lot of breweries and you've seen a lot of like brewery tours and stuff like, uh, you know, what, what do you get out of it 
after a while because I'm sure a lot of it is probably similar. You know, are there are there are there big differences between from brewery to brewery, like like just your your weekend alone? Yeah, George, George Personalities with the uh, the people that actually work there. Mm. Some of them are very like you know they're like oh this is where we do the beer this is that and like <laughs> some of them like they've done the tour so many times they just don't give a shit. Right. But then there's some that are like they they get really amped up about it and they're like oh yeah we're in a hundred year old building right now like Carton for example. You know, the front of their building is 100 years old, and uh, the kid was maybe, like, 22, 23, and he was, like, so amped about, like, the brewing process and everything they do there. So I'll definitely keep going back to them. And then, you know, some breweries have, like, the look and feel, like, inside. Some of them look like a cool place that you want to hang out. Some look very industrial. Like, uh, two months ago, I was at Modern Times in San Diego, and their entire wall was comic book covers, and the whole bar around the outside of the bar, it looked like stacks of books were holding the bar up. That's awesome. So it, it was just, it was, it was pretty much like a home away for home for me, except I don't read books. So they just, <laughs> they just sit there and hold shit up. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what you find after a while really is the personalities that separate. Cause I mean, unless you're getting into like, you know, going to like a dogfish and going to like very large breweries mm-hmm. and like you see that, like it's just kind of taking all of that in. Versus going to like a much smaller one, like a, lo- a small local brewery. Like there's, you know, one or two vessels. But you go to these, and it's like they're, you know, one vessel dwarfs the entire local brewery, and they have like twenty of them. The, uh, yeah, I mean, the, their operation was like unbelievable. Like how big everything was because they bought the building, I guess, a, a while back, and and moved all their stuff in there, and and uh, you know, kind of tricked it out to to you know their specifications and everything. But they took us in the back. And there was just these pallets that were, you know, feet and feet off the ground, just piles and piles of, of you know, the, the all the, the pumpkin beers ready to go for the fall and everything else. They got, you know, the, the, the lines going, you know, filling the, filling the bottles and everything like that. It was just, it was crazy to see. And then as we were leaving, because uh, we got there really early, by the afternoon it was a little rainy that day. The place was Packed. It was swarming with people because they, and they they warned us about that because we were at the restaurant the day before. They said if you're going tomorrow to the the brewery, make sure that you get there early because if it's if it does rain tomorrow, they just get bombarded with all the tourists who obviously they're not going to want to walk on the beach in the rain. Yeah. So they're going to go there. And sure enough, he was right. I mean, the 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 lawn was just swarming with people waiting to to get in there. Which I mean, they were they were making a killing too because they not only had you know the the uh, you know the the regular bar going, but they had like beer brats and stuff too. Like they had like a little oh nice, and that th- those were those were great too. We got some of those on the way out. Some of the places around here you can get them. There's a couple, uh, I don't know. There's a couple grocery stores around here that sell. Oh really? Yeah, you can get dogfish like that. Some of those are distributed. They have pickles too, but I didn't. I haven't seen them anywhere. I actually got a jar of the pickles. I yeah, I took them home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to because. Oh, they're they're great. Yeah, that's why I, I want to try. They're them, they're very hoppy. I can I can bring you one if you want to try it. I mean, they're they're definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah. That was one I want to try from them. But I know that the brats are at a handful of places because they start getting into a couple of things. And the brats are good. Like it's they're probably five times better at the you know having them right there. Sure. I'm sure they're making them. And they had um, like sauerkraut and stuff too that was uh, dipped in uh, like ninety minute. 
So I mean, like they it, every Jesus. everything had that taste to it, you know. Like every even the condiments, like they they made uh, their own ketchup, their own mustard. Uh, they had other sauces as well. They had like a, a pineapple salsa, and all this stuff was made with the beer too. So I mean, everything has its own taste I to it. Love that. that was the one thing that was nice too at that dinner we were at. They that's what they did with the. They, I mean, they had a, a chef come in. It wasn't the chef at the brewery, and. Uh, that's what they were doing a lot of stuff like they're they're pairing the beers and they're some of the uh food had the exact beer in it other ones had a different kind of belgian like they, there was one i remember we had uh i think it was it was rare voss from omegang and it was paired with a scotch egg that was made with fresh local sausage and this like pimento cheese with what is called their nomagang which is like a collaboration like belgian strong ale like it was like a cheese made with that put in with that and then pair the different Oma Gang beer so it had these different it, it was just oh that was so good that was like <laughs> that was the one thing when I got a scotch egg and like I love scotch eggs and I haven't had one since I was overseas and I'm glad probably because they'd probably be dead because it's just a <laughs> small heart attack and a egg shaped thing yeah have you ever had one George? Uh, surprisingly I, back when the ale house used to sell them well, I know they used to sell them was it scotch eggs? yeah believe they did they were so unless i'm thinking of another type of egg that they used to <laughs> omelet that too <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're, you know what they are now, you ever, no i've never had one it's a hard-boiled egg um, well this is the, the traditional ones that you get them over in scotland it's like where they cause that's where i used to get them because you go and be like a pound and like oh that's breakfast and you feel like shit once all the grease hit but it was a hard-boiled egg wrapped in bacon then they uh put some breading around it and then deep fry it so Jeez. Was, yeah, it was just like a little mini breakfast thing, but it was just like, oh my god, it was. And they were really common; they were like everywhere, and they were so cheap. So I was just eating the shit out of those things all the time. Like, oh god, I can see how people over there are so overweight. I remember going so many places, and you would get cheap, tasty, unhealthy food that's different from what, you know what we get here. But it was just like there. It seemed most of their stuff was more lard based, I guess. Whereas here we're deep fried based, bacon based. <laughs> no, it was still kind of bacon. There's a lot of stuff like that over there. But it was just it wasn't as heavy into like the chips area and so I mean like American chips. Since I'm talking about this stuff, but it wasn't as heavy into that. It was just more like I, I can't remember. There was one bar I used to get and I remember the, the tour manager from another band looked at me and I was like what are you doing because I just kept buying them all the time because they're so good <laughs> but there were, these, there were these bars that like I feel like they were kind of like granola it's been years but I remember them being just like kind of granola based but like just I guess they were made with lard basically is what it came down to oh wow yeah I didn't know that I kept buying them every, every time we'd stop somewhere to grab a coffee I would like oh we have I don't remember what they were called at this point Oh, I'm gonna get one. I just kept eating them. The guy's like, "What are you fucking doing?" He's like, "You can't do that." <laughs> and I said, "Never looked at the ingredients whatsoever." Yeah. And, and then he like told me, "I was like, oh my god, <laughs> so, I'm gonna die." Yeah. So I like kind of come back and I was like, I'm gonna, come, "I'm gonna come home and like, oh my god, <laughs> just like like a heart attack." But no, it was it was a lot of fun. Like there was like so much within like all of that. But I don't even know what. Why did I go? Oh, scotch eggs. I was wondering why I went off on that that tangent. <laughs> You know, the, the one thing I, I noted about Delaware while I was there, too, is uh, they had amazing liquor stores. Like, we're talking, like, warehouse-size liquor stores, like, oh, yeah, they don't everywhere in that area. And all of it's tax-free. 
So it was nice because it was, you know, some of the stuff you could get at home, but you're paying, you know, slightly cheaper because you're not getting taxed on it. So, I mean, you know, I, I stocked up on a couple things, uh, you know, nothing like, you know, I didn't go too crazy or anything because obviously we spent most of the money like at the beach and everything. No, I, I, I wish I could. But um, but I did get a couple like, you know, little things here and there that I just I wanted to try or, you know, things I've been looking at and stuff like that. But I mean, they, they had in the, the one the one it was like a discount liquors, which um, they had more wine than anything else. But holy crap, I mean, just aisles and aisles and aisles of this stuff. I mean, after a while, it all just kind of runs together. Like, I, I was lost. Like, I at, at first, I thought, you know what? I'm starting to know things now because I'm getting into this whole beer thing, and we're doing these podcasts and whatever, and I walk in there, and I'm, I felt so overwhelmed that I was like, all right, yeah, I'm back to square one. Like, I'm a noob again. In, like, uh, from the last show we did, he could walk in like, do you guys have any heady topper or Pliny the Elder? <laughs> <laughs> just been like, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this guy. And they they probably would have been like, uh, yeah, Jim, could you bring this guy outside? <laughs> hey, uh, where's that fuck asshole discount? <laughs> <laughs> working on one of those for this guy out here. <laughs> now, while you were at Dogfish, did you pick up the liquor? Their honey brown rum or their peanut butter I, vodka? I want I wanted to, but they were sold out of most of it actually. I have when peanut I was butter there. vodka at my house. Do you? It's it's interesting because you get the little peanut butter flakes in it. Mm. Yeah. It's like it's like that's that's the thing. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this because it was it's like milky white vodka. Mm -hmm. It's got that like milky whiteness to it. It was like weird. uh, Yeah, it just it seemed weird. I was kind of hesitant to try it at first. I don't. I'm not. uh, The one time in my life I had alcohol poisoning was from vodka. Jesus. And uh, yeah, I'm not a. So that'll totally uh, throw you off for the rest of your days at that point. The reason I got it was because it was. Vodka. Bankers Club? I don't even remember. It was at it was another club in Boston. There was a, a party down the street from me, and a couple of my friends were going, like, "Oh, let's go down." And I, I didn't, I didn't even know the person or whatever. And it was like, "Oh, all right." So we went down, and uh, they were having it was vodka and orange juice. Like all, it's all I kept going to town on because it was that or shit beer. I'm like, "Oh, just I don't really know. I didn't really know anything about liquor." And I was like, "Oh, I'm just getting." I kept pouring it, pouring it. That was that was the <laughs> one night though. That, that I, um, oh man! This guy's listening, but there's no way this guy's listening. But there was a guy that, that lived in the apartment was a prick, like a giant prick. And we walked in, and the kid was like, "Oh, here!" Like the, the other guy that my friends knew, they're like, "Yeah, you're gonna put your coats in here so you guys know where they are and get out of here late," because they knew we were gonna be there late. I was like, "All right, cool." And I was getting ready to leave, and I go in to get my coat, and this other roommate is in there. And he's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And I went, "Oh, I'm just getting my coat. Well, why the fuck is your coat in here?" I went, your roommate put in here. Fuck you, man. Like, he was just a dick to me. Wow. So, I, and I know this was probably mean because it wasn't everybody's fault, but I went in and I, I pissed in their bathtub. <laughs> I pissed in the back of their toilet. <laughs> I, was just, I was so hammered at that point. I was like, fuck this guy. Fuck this whole house. And I just... Oh, my God. Yeah, I kind of regret that because the other guy was super nice and it kind of could have balanced the yin and the yang out, but no, I just, I went to the asshole. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I went home and I, it was so, I was so far gone, I didn't even know what was going on. And uh, I woke up in the morning, like, I, I thought I had food poisoning because, like, I never had alcohol poisoning. I'm like, I don't know. The similarity between the two are kind of there because, like, my stomach hurt. I just, I was so dizzy. I couldn't stand up. And 
I got up and at that point, I, my first apartment boss, I was living with these two girls and it was, that's a whole other. Like Three's Company? No. That, that kind of fun or no? <laughs> one was a raging bitch that used to fight with all, she used to leave passive aggressive post-it notes all over my apartment. Oh, those are the best kind of people to live with. I hated her. Because, like, she would never say anything to you. And, like, I didn't really get along with them. I just needed a place to live, and they lived near my school. So I, I just, well, I think it was a, uh, roommates.com used to be, I think it might be still a website. But that was what it was for, was to, you know, so I went with that. And the other one, the other one was nice, but she was just huge hippie. Like, huge hippie, and kind of too much of a hippie to, like, for me to, have any kind of conversation with too tuned out yeah so i just i was content sitting in my room most of the time until i, I only lived there for uh basically two semesters and then not even the summer of the lab i moved out i like sublet it and got the fuck away but um when was i going with that why did i start on the passive aggressive notes yeah but before that i don't remember what i was talking about oh oh oh, oh the alcohol poisoning i uh came to and like i didn't know and i, I was like sitting down and the one that was kind of nice was like, oh, are you okay? And I see, I, had, I, don't, I think I had food poisoning. She's like, well, what did you eat? And it was like nothing that would have led to that. And she goes, were you drinking last night? I said, yeah. And I said, like, oh, I was drinking vodka from a plastic bottle. She goes, oh, my God. And I was like, what? She goes, you have alcohol poisoning. And I was like, oh, I don't think so. And then, like, it really, like, then puking and all that. Mm-hmm. And I literally I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> what wound up happening was, this, this is a. I mean, this is a confession time, but it's kind of pathetic. My my day was spent. I could not get off the couch in the living room. I only thought of getting up. I thought I was going to puke. I watched the first season of The O.C. <laughs> <laughs> that was because that was in the DVD player. So I was like, "Wow, all right." And I, I yeah, I, did, I liked it. I so it, say I liked it. But I, I don't think I can go back and watch it now. I'm, I'm not ju- I'm, I'm going to sit here and quietly judge you. Good. So that's what alcohol poisoning will drive you to, kids. Yeah, that's what you, you wind up watching. Really, whatever the, what's the, I don't know if the equivalent of the OC would be now. I don't know. What are the kids into these days? What's that? Pretty Little Liars? Is that oh, yeah. The finale's coming up. I mean, I'd never <laughs> heard of that. <laughs> never heard of that. I can't believe that bitch did. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on her. This is one from Boulevard Brewing. Uh, they were up at the festival. I had this one up there. It was fantastic. This is their. This is a newer one for them. It just kind of came out in the past couple months. I believe it was this year. Uh, it's called The Calling. It's a new double IPA from them. Boulevard has like one of the best double IPAs already out there called Double Wide, which is one of my favorites. It's more malt heavy. This one's a little thinner, a little more hop forward, but really super easy drinking. It's eight and a half percent, I believe. Yep. Eight and a half percent. I mean, it's just it's really easy drinking at that. Like you get none of the alcohol. It actually drinks like a lighter beer. Like this kind of like it's a kind of the opposite. Of it's like a reverse Eureka. Yeah. Like Eureka kind of drank like it was a heavier beer with a very light ABV. This drinks like a really light beer with a higher ABV. And, and Eureka has almost like a sour taste to it a little bit. You know, it almost tastes like a sour beer to me anyway. Yeah, it's got. A little, it, I think from, from the hopping and stuff. But compared to this is. Yeah, this is different. Yeah, this is a lot less aggressive with it. Right. But it, I, it seems like it's more, it's less dry hopped than the other than Eureka. Eureka was very dry hopped, like you just get a ton of hop in it. But this, this is kind of more of just total balance, and that's what Boulevard has like so many good beers that that's what shines through with them is that they are really, really balanced. Did you ever have Double Wide, George? 
No, I have not. I'll have to get that one time for you. That's, that's one of my favorite double IPAs. And th- this is really good, too. I don't, don't want to make it sound like I'd rather that than this. but. Oh, no, this is this is actually a damn good IPA. And it really is. Like, we just got back to before uh, what we were just talking about. Like, you know, this tastes like what Eureka should. Eureka tastes like an 8.5. And this one's kind of a little lower. I wouldn't say 4.1, but I'd say like 5.5.5. Five, five, five. Five or five point five, you know. Okay. <laughs> I did a little hand gesture that nobody can see. I so I'm getting very specific with your ABV. Five point five five percent. This is what that I'm getting that out of this. Five point five five repeating, of course. So that says uh, on the the label the smokestack series. Is that uh, is there a series of these? Yeah, that's what they have. Uh, their smokestack series, which is kind of more seasonal. Limited run with a lot of their stuff, but I, I think a lot of the smoke that actually I'm saying that, I think a lot of the smokestack series is available year round. It's just hard for me to remember what all the breweries do. People say it to me all the time, like, "Oh, you should know." Like, why the? You know, there's over three thousand fucking breweries. Like, I know what everyone. Sure, but you I, should. I, <laughs> but I believe smokestack that most of the ones in that series are available year round. They're kind of more of uh, big beers. I think that's what they have in it. And I think there's other ones that fall in that that are limited, but that's just kind of what they call it. I think it's a differentiation from their, their core branding of the stuff. But they're, they're changing, too. That's another one. Uh, Duval picked up Boulevard, I think it's almost two years now that they've had them. And they're, it's, you can see what's going on at that brewery. They're starting to expand more. They're getting into more markets. They're getting out there a lot more. They're getting new beers coming into their beer portfolio. Um, and that's what Duval's been like, because they've, they've had Oma Gang for a number of years, and that's what you saw that happen with Oma Gang, where they started really expanding and, and getting into doing different beers that they weren't doing previously. And you start to see that with Boulevard, and now it's even interesting because they bought a stake in Firestone Walker. So that's the next one that you're going to start to see, because they were at basically at capacity with where they were, and they're not going to be able to get into doing other things. And that's going to be a really... They're really smart with who they're partnering with, with Duval, because they're getting in with breweries that they see the skill and what they can do. They just need that little bit of capital to push them forward. They're not coming in like a, an ABV, like an AB uh, buyout type thing where they're coming in and taking them over and then telling them what to do. With. They're letting them do what they want, but at the same time, you know, having a financial gain out of this stuff. But they're very hands-off with everything, which is really cool. But speaking of, I watched yesterday, I wanted to see, I don't know if you guys saw this, that uh, Lost Souls, the documentary about the island of Dr. Moreau. I have not seen that one. No. It's on Netflix. It's it's so, it, it's the whole um, Richard Stanley who was supposed to originally direct that. Um, and it, it's, the, it's the, you know, one we all t- trashed growing up with Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. And I actually saw that in a theater. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Did you love it? <laughs> <laughs> I was as confused then as I am now. Well, it's interesting. Like, you should watch this, especially having seen it, because it really goes through what happened. Hmm. And everybody always had... I remember when I was younger, I remember hearing the background was always that Marlon Brando was crazy, and he was he sank the movie. Into yeah, the that's movie. what I heard. Val Kilmer was the biggest dick that ever walked the earth. Really? And made it awful for everybody. He was so full. And that's why his career... If you kind of see like the trajectory went on. Oh yeah, he was huge at the, in that he was, era. But it was because he was a dick, not because he because he's a good actor. Like he is someone that is a good actor. Yeah, he still has the chops. He wants some of the movies he's been doing. Yeah, he, he's he's like 
straight to video shit now. That's he's terrible. Such a dick, and I, I don't know if he still has that. But like, watching this, and, and you could see like that's where the trajectory went for him because nobody wanted to work with him anymore. Mm. And like it's interesting hearing the background stories about that. Like, yeah, Marlon Brando was nuts during this movie, but it was more of a a fun nuts. Like he knew that this this movie was doomed. Like he just knew it was doomed. And it was just like, I just want to fuck around. Basically is <laughs> like that's kind of what he was doing. And you could hear and like everyone that was there is like talking about it. But the director was Richard Stanley. They basically kind of found a way to push him out the door while filming this, which is like never happened. How? They they just kinda said it's not working out and they they basically just pushed him out, but the thing that was interesting was he was they they were in Australia. I can't remember the name of the, the area, but they were in this really remote area of Australia filming, and he was supposed to be on the first flight back. He never took the flight, and they didn't know where he was, so they were all really holy just, shit. They have like a director that they just really gave a reaming to now rogue in the woods. <laughs> this movie, yeah, and they they brought in um. Link leader, I think that's what it is. He did uh, Ronin, and like he he's done like good movies and stuff. But he he was known for being able to corral prima donnas, basically. They mm-hmm. would bring him in to, to try to wrangle Brando and Kilmer and all that. And this other director is out there. What wound up happening though, which is the funniest thing, is he's staying in this like with these like tribes people, basically. Because if you if you watch like you can see Richard Stanley is he's out there. Like he is definitely out there. But he's staying with these tribes people. Some of the the people that are on the set, like working, doing makeup and stuff, see him. They're like, "Oh my god, what are you doing here?" This is like weeks later. They bring him back, put him in makeup as one of the monsters. He's in the movie. What? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no idea. Because he wanted. They're like, "You should come back." And he's like, "Well, no," because that was one of the things he had to sign. Like he couldn't come within uh, whatever the footage of. Like he wasn't allowed to come to the set. And he was like, well, I can't. I, I can't. And then they will, they'll have a reason not to pay me the money they owe. Because that, that's how they got him. They were going to buy out his contract. Okay. And just, you know, let him go. And uh, they said, well, we'll put your makeup and all. So he's actually in some scenes of the movie without anybody knowing. Yeah. And it's, like, so funny, but he was just, like, kind of watching all of this happen and, like, see what's going that on. That is bizarre. But it was, it was such – it's interesting, but it's just, like, you can't even fathom with these movies – I think, what was it at the time? I think they said it would, it would be equivalent to about $80 million now. Jesus. To do that movie, yeah. And it was never supposed to be. Like, he wanted to do it. His movie would have been really different and more of a sci-fi horror. He wanted it to be, like, maybe $8 million at most. Like, kind of low budget, but still indie. Like, a high, high indie movie, like, budget-wise. And they just kept going. Because Bruce Willis was supposed to be in it. What? And that was when he went through, I think it was when he was going through his divorce with Demi. Okay. And that made him fall out, and that's why, why Kilmer came in. But Kilmer was actually supposed to be, James Woods was supposed to be in it. And then James <laughs> Jesus. got pushed out, and Val Kilmer was given his role. Because Val Kilmer was supposed to be another role in the film. And he all of a sudden just said, I don't want to do that. Like, we're just being a, like, from the beginning, a dick. He's like, I know I signed this, so I, I really can't do it i need you to make my part 40 percent less in the movie and like I'll, so they wound up you know they wound up rearranging gave him james wood's part and just kind of 
Jesus. Yeah, it was just the whole thing. It's 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 on Netflix now. It's like really interesting just to see. It's like you can't fathom. And they're, they're talking about what at one point during the movie, like while they were shooting, uh, Val Kilmer would not come out of his dressing room if Marlon Brando wouldn't come out of his, and Marlon Brando wouldn't come out of his unless the Val Kilmer came out of his. The fuck is wrong with them? <laughs> it was just like standoff. I didn't want to come out unless the other one came out. So wow. Just, yeah, it was. Oh, it's it's just funny. It's like not how old you get. You still love kids. Did did a crying Indian woman replace him on set whenever he wasn't around? Trolls. <laughs> it, it was just. I had heard things since that documentary came out. I don't know if it was earlier this year or late last year. And I, I started hearing bits and pieces of it, and I saw that it was up, and I. Like I was watching all this, getting some other stuff done, and it was just—it's so like I love stuff like that when you get these behind the scenes that you didn't really know what was going on because you think you have this one, whatever the rumor was that kind of went around, and then you you know kind of go and find out what actually happened, which is vastly more interesting than the little stupid rumor that you heard. Because I, I love hearing because I remember there's um there's actually a really good book on the misfits too if you ever want to read called uh, this music stains. It's not official because, and he says it right out in the beginning of the book. Um, and basically, I think that it, it, it was probably Danzig, um, but it was they couldn't get the people that to get their official uh, sign off, they wanted so much money. Wait, are you trying to say that Danzig is a money grubbing dick? No way. No way. Color me shocked. <laughs> I honestly. From it, it, it's they're kind of everyone's at fault mm-hmm. with, with how, how it all went down. Like it, it was just, it was sad to see it because like just hearing all the stories of, of everything that, that happened with it. Like that's what I always thought. Like it was oh you know Danzig's a dick and you know wanted this and wanted that. Well, he certainly has a reputation. Well, yeah, and then, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I with it, when it comes to a band, you know, I'm I'm sure there was there was more at play. Yeah, and then that's that's really what it comes down to the, the most interesting part to me that i didn't know of was there was actually at one point i believe it was in the late 90s if not early 2000s i don't remember the, the time frame but um danzig said to jerry only come out here i want to talk to you and he went out with doyle and and they sat down if you don't know doyle's jerry only's brother so that's why he was there right but he uh they sat down and doyle was in the room for this and then he spoke on record that this happened um and Danzig said, look, let's put the band back together. Let's do a huge reunion tour. Like We could sell out stadiums. Do an original Misfits reunion tour. You know, we could do this. And Jerry only was into it. And then basically what it came down to is Danzig said, but if we're going to do this, I need you to put the Misfits on hold for at least a year. Like, no touring, nothing. we got to build hype for this. No way. Jerry only was not having it because he was making too much money doing it. Ugh. Yeah. And it was so it was like, they're not both, you know, it's not just one, like they're kind of both. Oh, yeah. I mean, no question. I mean, they're, uh, I, I think they've been, you know, fighting over money and everything for yeah. well, for years and the, the over merchandising of that band. My God. Too. Like just last year, there was a lawsuit from Danzig towards Jerry only. I think it was over Hot Topic merch. I don't remember, but it was something over merchandising. That he did something he wasn't supposed to do, and I don't know. But 
it's, it's just sad to see that because it's like, could you imagine if that had happened? And it just, it's all because of that. Right. And then that, that was the last time they've ever spoken, other than in court. But, like, that was, that's it. And that they just don't. And then I think Doyle at that point left doing anything with Jerry. That's why, like, there was a couple years ago, Doyle reunited with Danzig on one of Danzig's tours. Right. Misfit song. Yeah. And I think he kind of sided more with that. But now I think no one's talking. It's an interesting book because it kind of goes through everything. And it sucks because he can't say this is the official account of the Misfits. Right. But it basically is. But he had to go through roundabout ways of getting some of the info because none of them would go on record unless they paid him, like, you know, six figures. And you're like, I don't even know if this book is going to make six figures. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, yeah, a lot of people are interested in the Misfits, but how many are going to really read a book about it that are going right. to be interested? So it just kind of fizzled out. Mm. Which is a shame because like, I've gone to see them before. Uh, I don't remember the last time I went. It was down there 20, the 25th anniversary. I don't remember. I have the shirt. Uh, and like, it was good. It was just they're, they're so different. I mean, right. It, it, it was in, and Jerry was singing. It was, it was post-Michael Graves. Um, but I mean, it was still good. One of our reviewers a, f- uh, a few months back uh, had saw Danzig live and said he was he's still really good. You know, yeah. he had a good time. You know, I've never heard like he still puts on a show even when yeah. And what was that that one show? I, remember? <laughs> I always feel bad when you see these, these videos. Like I mean, the, the one fame, the most famous one on Danzig is when he gets you know punched in the face by that guy. Oh yeah, the guy from the North Side Kings. The, the, that video always bothered me though because that was the whole thing. Like, oh, Danzig gets knocked the fuck out, but you watch the video. And he, did you ever see the video, George? No, I have not. Okay, you could, you should watch it. You could, and actually, yeah, you should watch it because you can see if my opinion is correct. When you watch the video, it shows him get punched, and then the video cuts. So how do you know he got knocked out? He got punched in the face. Like it was like a haymaker. Like the guy was, you know. Yeah, he nails him. Yeah, he nails him in the head. But I don't know if he really knocked him out. Yeah. And and even then, it's like, you know, that happened how long ago? It's how many years later? Like, holy crap. Like, are we that insecure in our masculinity? Like, everything comes down to like, hey, somebody got punched once. That means he's not a man anymore. He might as well cut off his dick and throw it away. Like, well, yeah. what the fuck? Do you watch MMA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like. <laughs> George said I haven't watched the, the Ronda Rousey fight. Yeah, I waited up until 1.25 a.m. and then went to bed at 1.26 when it was done. <laughs> It was a 34-second fight, I think. Just absolutely wrecked her. She she caught her with a lucky shot, too. I just can't. I can't pay money for the fights. Like, I just can't do it. Cause I'm I like, didn't. Oh, well, I'm your money. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't do it because I'm like, you know what? After, like, I, I, I was, we were, George and I were talking a while about this. Like, I bought that the Mike Tyson fight with, who was it that he fought, George? The, no idea. It was... The pasty white Irish guy. Yeah, that was the one that uh, the fight lasted uh, shorter than the uh, national it anthem. Even, it wasn't even 10 seconds. And it was like, yeah, I think that was his big comeback fight. And it was all his hype. And I mean, I was younger. I made my father got up. I mean, it was probably almost like, it was over $100. And this was like a while ago. Yeah. And it was like a six second fight. If that. I'm not even sure if it was that. It, it, it was like, came out all this hype. Like, this guy, you know, it's Tyson's first one back. And. and Knocked him out so quick and the fight was over. <laughs> I'm like, why did I spend money on this? It's at least, you know, I remember the kid I was wanting to get the WWE pay-per-views. Yeah. Those, I mean, the worst thing that happens is I'm like, uh, you know, 
car dies and that's like I mean there's like real freak accidents but most of the time it's like you get that full well, what choice you just, you just chose out of every pay-per-view you're like oh yeah you know if I if I buy a SummerSlam for example you know and Owen Hart happens to uh, try and come in the ring from 90 feet above <laughs> the, point, the point was that you know you're getting the full three hours or whatever that is like that there's no yeah the risk. program's set up yeah, that no like risk yeah of, of, oh this you know this is done in five seconds and then sure fuck you your money's mine now like, unless there's some weird thing like that but that actually i don't remember if I, I i think i was watching that one i don't remember i remember the whole thing happening i feel like i was watching it live but i, I don't know Oh, back with that incident, yeah. Um, The cameraman was so quick, though. The second he noticed, went right to the audience. Like it's, it's like he knew. Maybe he. We should probably reopen that case about the cameraman. Now is is that uh was that at the beginning of the program or was that like no it was it was, it was like halfway through I, it, was it, it was a little past half yeah. okay it, it was it was wasn't one of the main events but it was like kind of the, the so they they did they keep keep going after that yeah. Jesus yeah. Yeah. like and I always remember that they talked because there was like still blood in the ring and like yeah like, he, he broke his neck on impact if I remember is that what it was like he hit he broke his neck on one of the turnbuckles I, th- I th- yeah I think I know he hit the turnbuckle I don't know. Yeah. See all these like seas of people. I'm like, oh my god. But embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> what up? Is my face red? <laughs> I was watching. Oh, I gotta change this later. So I was watching UHF. That is still one of my favorite movies. And uh, oh, I the, love UHF. The part where he's cut on the saw. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and there's blood shooting out. He's like, oh. Oh God! Would you look at that? <laughs> Shooting the button. Why is my face red? <laughs> Did you ever see that or no? Oh God, that was a while ago. Oh, I you it. That's like that is so worth a revisit. Like it, it holds up. I think they re-released it like a couple yeah. within the last couple of years, like on Blu-ray. Yeah, I think Screen Factory like a special. I, I want to see that too. Cause I mean, I don't know what they would really. There's certain movies that's like get yeah, the Blu-ray really enhanced, but it's like. I don't want to see with comedies. Yeah, I think it's more for the features than it would be yeah. like for the the oh, so yeah the picture like, or anything. It's like, oh wow, that Twinkie is clear. I don't know. But, I mean, I, I love that. Movie. The red snapper really is red. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Be completely content with a no. That that was. I remember when that came out. I was in. That was my first concert, actually. Actually, that's a good topic. First concerts. Oh yeah. Um, mine was uh, the Offspring and Lit. Wow. Very nineties. Where was that? That was at uh, the uh, the Pavilion at Montage Mountain. Oh wow. 
Yeah, like back when it was like this. This was like two or three ownerships ago, so I'm not sure even what it was called at that point. I think it was before it was even Toyota Pavilion. But uh, but yeah, it was it was right in Scranton actually. It was uh, like a you know they were the big they had the big hits of that time and everything like that. Was that when Lit, was Lit popular then? Yes. Was that when, okay. Yeah, they were they were. Pro- I think probably their hit had just like enough people knew it at that point, like knew who they were and everything. Yeah, Right, exactly. Whereas, you know, like, like I mean, I like The Offspring before, uh, you know, Pretty Fly came out, but that was like, the, I think that was the tour that they did for Americana. I remember seeing Offspring with um, MXPX and, ready for this, Cypress Hill. That was the tour. Wow. Yeah. What the hell kind of tour is that? I don't fucking know. I, I just, and Cypress Hill opened up, and it was, they, they had, oh, I remember their, their other that was kind of in the range when you know, new metal was happening. They had the kind of, and they they played insane in the brain, but kind of made it a little more new metal sounding. And I'm like, ah, fuck this. That was like the only thing. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't mind like old school Cypress Hill. I was down for that. And they started, they changed it. And like, that was like when Vanilla Ice came back. It's edgy. I was just about to say, oh God. <laughs> they played dates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody went for one song. Yeah, yeah. That's, mm. that's, that's pretty much it. I, I think if I remember right, everybody's saying like he basically played that song twice because that was all he. Oh yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I think he like kind of came out with that and closed. It's <laughs> like everything else in the middle is just forgettable. It's it's what I well ninja rap. I don't know if he did it on tour. Though. He should. I know he should, but I don't know. If he should still be touring. Should, with that touring song. touring with dudes in turtle outfits. <laughs> Yeah, and then like everybody in that scene when they're playing, like Token, Razor, there, Shredder's there, and the Ninja Turtles are there. Shredder's not in the the concert at this point, and like nobody gives a shit. They're still dancing (laughs) while these like mutants are just fighting for their lives. No, that was the second one. The third one never happened. No, the second one was Secret of the Use. Uh, the third one is when they went back to feudal Japan yeah, when they had uh, pirates and machine guns. Oh, yeah, that was awful. I forgot about that, yeah. I remember going to the first one in theaters. Oh, first concert for me, Weird Al Yankovic, Kirby Center. And nice. And my dad, to, to my eternal gratitude, uh, I wanted his autograph so bad, and we didn't get back to the bus in time. Uh my father asked him in the lobby. They said, oh, he's staying at the hotel over there. And there was, like, one or two other people. And, like, Weird Al was super nice. And there's people, like, we were, like, waiting down. And he came down and was, like, the nicest. And that's, you still hear it to this day. The sweetest, nicest guy ever. And I was kind of, like, 11. I was like, hey, hey, oh. <laughs> Signed my shirt for me. Right. It was just, like, the nicest guy. This was, like, 92, 91. It was when, um, what was it? Smells like Nirvana came out. Mm. It, it was off the deep end. That was the name of that album, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was, it was that that tour. And that was my first concert I went to. Well, that's a good way to start. Yeah. It was, uh, it was so much fun. Mine was a lot more bland. I saw Counting Crows and the Wallflowers. <laughs> I was up at Montage. I had free tickets. Well, that, that's why you go. It, yeah. It actually wasn't bad. They were really good. There used to be somebody with concerts. I remember going to see. I saw No Doubt up there with. Uh, MXPX, oh, you know, it, MXPX I've seen so many times 
indirectly. I don't think I've ever gone to an MXPX show, but I've seen them at so many. And I always liked them. I just never went to see them. That That's like me with Hatebreed. Like, Hatebreed opens for all the metal bands that I like, so it just ends up that I've seen Hatebreed like a dozen times. I've never meant to see them because, I mean, like, most of their songs sound the same, so I'm not, like, that big on them or anything. Like, as but, long as you could punch someone in the face, right. it's a good hate breeze. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Weren't they the uh, last band to play the Staircase in Pittston? Because that dude jumped from the second yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. What? That's right. Yeah, apparently he thought people were going to catch him. <laughs> he, he ended up getting injured really bad, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Halfway down, he realized... Well, that's a good way to find out. I just imagine as he jumps, everything slows down and he starts hearing like Enya or something. <laughs> <laughs> he gets closer to the ground. <laughs> I never went to a show down there at all. That was one venue I never went to. This would be a fun one to have Matt here for because we could talk about home base and everything. Because mm-hmm. that was a place like, I used to go to all the time for shows. Because it was, it was that in uh, Thrill Cafe Metropolis. Oh, yes. Oh, the Metro. Right next to Toppers. <laughs> Which is now... Which was just a closet, basically. What, Toppers? Me- no, Metro. Yeah. yeah, well, it was weird. I went down um, a couple months ago and I saw... like. Metro was gutted, and like you could yeah, see straight like shotgun all the way to the back. Yeah. And uh, then next door where Toppers was, though, it was the funniest thing was it's now an ice cream parlor. Oh yeah, yeah. It's there's no trace of it really left. There's in my mind there is, and I would and I'm not to discredit anybody, but I would never buy an ice cream from a place that used to be the most disgusting strip club <laughs> I ever. <laughs> That was a place I remember we used to be outside and you'd have like the, the people there like just, you know, complaining and yelling at us all the time because, you know, we're in their parking spots and they have to go see their, you know, STD tainted women. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, God, it was terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the only thing I can really remember that. I never, I was never even of age to go in there, so I couldn't, I couldn't partake. Yeah. But it was just one of those things. It's like, it's like when you're a teenager and you're straight edge. Well, you know. <laughs> Pretty easy decision to make. Right. You're not able to go to a bar with anybody and do anything. Done. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I choose not to. No, the law chooses that you do not. Right. So you can't really. I'm straight that. edge. Yeah, you yeah you're straight edge because you can't drink. <laughs> it's not really a moral stance. That's a legal stance. <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> and we've we're on to our third beer now. Um, I've already finished it, and I'm on to gin. <laughs> uh, I don't know. How George, George is going to have a, a real good night tonight. George is being corrupted. This, this was um, this was one that I picked up uh, when I was in Delaware, and I had wanted to try. I actually had gotten. Um, I was on a uh, va- another vacation a few years ago. It was more or less we were there for a wedding, so I mean, it wasn't necessarily a vacation, but we were there for an extra day or two, and I was in Baltimore. And I saw these really cool coasters that this place was giving away. And they had uh, the Raven on it, like Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. And the design on the coasters was really cool. And I was like, oh, is this like some kind of beer or something coming out? 
and it just says like the raven.com and you went to it and it was you know like you know coming soon kind of thing or whatever so now flash forward a couple years later and here is uh this beer which is by uh baltimore washington beer works uh brewed and bottled by uh peabody heights brewery uh in baltimore and so I, I picked it up just be, mainly because I'm a big Edgar Allan Poe fan, I'm a big horror fan, and I figured you guys might dig it too. Uh, it's got a really uh, cool character portrait of uh, Poe on it. And this one's called The Cask, and it's a uh, double bock. Really, it is really nice. I, I never had heard of him before either. Well, nice th- that's, it, it was, you know, it was like, uh, like getting a birthday present for somebody who has it all, you know, like that kind of thing. I'm like, how am I going to find a beer anywhere at any of these places that neither of these guys have had yet, you know? Oh, so yeah. I'm like, all oh, right, this, this is perfect because we all like horror movies. You know, we, I'm, I'm sh- we all appreciate Edgar Allan Poe. So why not? Let's try this one. It seems fitting. And Seriously, what a great tribute. <laughs> and the fun thing, whenever I go to Baltimore, I'm actually going to look for these guys next time, but uh, whenever I go down to visit friends, uh, we always go to the horse you came in on, or the horse you rode in on. Oh, okay, It's yeah. right down in Fells Point. Yeah, That's yeah. That's the last place he was seen leaving alive. Wow. And the inside is still very, like you could tell it's over 100 years old in there. And That's it's, awesome. It's still awesome. That's real cool. Yeah, this this is uh, this has a uh, a really cool taste. It's called the cask, so it it has that you know sort of theme to it. Like at the end, uh, there there's kind of a little bit of a, a woody barrel yeah. taste. It's, it's really nice. Like, I love a good double block. Like, that's just one of my favorite styles, especially when you get into the winter. It's just mm-hmm. such a good one, and, and it's it's nice because a lot of winter beers get in the double digits, which is nice, and you want something to warm you. But at the same time, like, you don't always want to have something that big. Yeah, this it does have that that liquor warmth to it a little bit. It's subtle and it's it's still really smooth and it, it kind of gets into that that range. It's like really malty, but it's not thick and chewy. It's got that really nice balance of the two. Yes, and they they had one more at the place. It was called uh, I think it was called the Pendulum. So I guess each one is probably na- you know after yeah, one of the right. stories and stuff like that. But uh, I didn't I didn't get to pick that one up. <laughs> I should ha- I should actually ball, I, re- I regret not getting more of this because I wasn't sure how it was gonna be yeah. so I figured I'll try I'll get one first. You know that's the one thing I do hate with doing beer travels is like you're you're hesitant because you, once you get burned one time and you buy like oh, you know, I'll try this it's like a twenty dollar bottle or something it's like yeah fucking awful it, it sucks because then you you're kind of hesitant and gun shy with other stuff but then you get something and you're like oh my god this is so good and it was like eight dollars for the four pack because I got it here. And I'll never get it again. And no, and it sucks like when you have that. That it's you know, that's happened. That that honestly, that's probably happened more than the, the shit buys. Right. Because that, that's the one thing that's nice too with the with the internet now. You can kind of get an idea. Of yeah. It's going to be a, a total risk or not. Because mm-hmm. I mean, there's some stuff that like if I ever am like I don't know what this is. This looks interesting. And you, you look around at other stuff, and if there's anything that's even remotely divisive, like, I'll just do it. Because it's like, you know what, I don't, you don't know what other people have. And especially some beers, you don't know what they're getting. Are they having a fresh one? Is that the divisiveness is? Like, someone had a, a bottle that was, you know, two years old, or someone had one that was fresh, and it, like, that can enter in a whole thing. But oh, yeah. We're cracking open a fourth one this week. I figured, why not? Uh, this is kind of one uh, we, I picked up. 
for the fest, we could have something up there in the cool where I grab some Omegang Nirvana IPA. This is a newer one from them. And it's, it's just like a really good... It's nice because, you know, Omegang is known for doing very Belgian beers that they use their Belgian yeast and everything. But this was just done as a straight American IPA, which was, like, different for them. And it was actually... And I didn't realize it until I picked this up and I was looking on the side of it. This was done... Because I, I wondered about that. Because if you ever go up to Omegang, their brewery, for how big and, and widely distributed that is... It's uh, it's it's not um, it's not a huge brewery, but they oh god damn it, George! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's so many things that happen off mic that uh, we should do a live feed. We we could hook we up should. like a little uh, camera and we do that with Periscope. We could hook up a Periscope. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if people want to see what the fuck is going on. <laughs> oh, I think they do. I think they welcome it. <laughs> Yeah, see, I wouldn't expect that just no, seeing their stuff in the they're store and everything. Some, they're in forty some states. Yeah, yeah, they're they're coast to coast at this point. Yeah. And, and, and like you see the brewery, and it's like no, it's it's done here. It's it's unbelievable that they're able to put that out. But I was wondering with this because of them not using the Omegang house yeast, because that's what's put into all the beers. How did they pull this off? This was actually done at Boulevard. Oh, okay. So on the on the bottle, which I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So is this a collaboration then? It's it's not really a collaboration. It's just Boulevard because that's their sister brewery. Okay. They did it at their facility for them. Like it was Omegang's recipe. It was basically a contract brew type thing. Yeah. It, it is an Omegang beer. It was just that was done at that facility. Okay. Which makes sense because that would be really difficult to do this and not have it be somewhat Belgian because I mean, that's all they do is, is all these Belgian styles. And they nail all of them. Yeah. That Belgian independence uh, that you missed on Sunday, that was that was delicious, and I can't wait to go there Sunday. I have never I've never been there yet, and now, uh, I'll be up there to see brand new on uh, Sunday night. We'll have to go up there one day then without the festival thing going on. Oh, definitely. We'll take a road trip because like it's so nice. It's like the food is so good, and this is really nice. When they came out with it, I was kind of wondering how this was going to turn out but it's it's really nice like it's got a nice brightness to it it's, it's nicely balanced i think it's six and a half percent yep i'm right which which is odd because you know the all nirvana's music makes you want to kill yourself so this is this is nice that it you know brings you up a little bit this was uh, inspired by <laughs> i think it's inspired by actual nirvana <laughs> the term nirvana not necessarily the band i would love to see what we need to do is start a side show uh, that's about you know an ill-informed man. We just call it the ill-informed guy, <laughs> and, but who has a very strong opinion on things. So, so pretty much every internet commenter. Yes. The George Happy Hour. <laughs> just get me drunk and I'll just like ramble on. Be like any any oh, PAC presents. George's internet ramblings of nothingness. <laughs> like, there will be no viewers, and it will be, like, five seconds of someone listening before they're just like, I hate this kid. Every bit of fan base that we've built up in the last year leaves Crushed. within a week. <laughs> Completely. You have managed to offend every demographic. <laughs> Probably even offend myself. <laughs> I would just love to see, like, the ill-informed man, like, arguing how, like, no, this was inspired by Nirvana, and then just started... <laughs> and just flipping out about it. <laughs> the longest time until everybody just backs down eventually. And then it just 
somehow makes its way back to the Illuminati and Hillary Clinton. <laughs> As you do. Well, I mean, that's that's every conversation, I think. So, especially now with Hillary Clinton, all that nonsense. I, Politics. I, yeah, I, that's yeah the, right? That's the one, I would much rather have a religious discussion than I would politics. Yeah, it's, so it's I, tough. I, I can't. Because at least religion, it's like no matter what happens, I'm like, I'm happy to hear anybody has to say. Politics, I never want to hear anybody has to say. Even if I agree with you, like half the time the people sound like a bunch of dicks. And it's all about how I'm right and you're wrong. No, I agree with you, but you're wrong. What? It's so, it, you know, like like we try to avoid that stuff for the most part, like on the site and everything. Like we're, we're general entertainment, you know, it's arts yeah. entertainment. So, but those things obviously come up because, you know, art reflects life and, you know, you get into that kind of stuff. Like we have you know, a columnist that covers LGBT issues. So, you know, people feel strongly either way about that because of their religion or their politics uh, that plays into that. So, I mean, you know, that out of the, the most, most of the stuff that we get, uh, we get really positive comments and stuff on every once in a while, one of those LGBT column hits and everybody flip freaks wildfire. Out. Yeah. It's, you know, there's, just a comment war of people who agree or disagree with stuff. And that's just, it's just going to be the way that it is, you know, but I, I feel like, you know, you have to, you can't be uh, in the middle all the time. You know what I mean? Like you have to take a stand somewhere, you know, especially as like a publication, like you have to, you have to stand for something, you know, you have to, you have to ob obviously believe in something to get, you know, any kind of, you know, fan base or anything like that, you know? So, you know, obviously if you're going to, oh, if we're going to offend people, I'd rather offend bigots who are going to look really shitty in 20, 30, 40, 50 years when we look back and go, oh, yeah, these are the same people that, like, didn't want blacks and whites to get married. You know what I mean? So I'm okay with offending those people. There, there's, no matter what you do, you're going to offend some people, but it's just it's kind of targeting, all right, who am I going to offend, and do I ultimately give a shit if I do? Well, right. That's, that's very true. Did you see the big thing that came out last Friday that offended literally everybody? color orientation race whatever it was a fantastic four <laughs> nine percent nine percent on rotten tomato come on yeah that's pretty that's pretty bad i mean i think pixels got more than that and and pixels pixels was, was a family on. fun entertainment movie and you know my favorite actor was in it uh he also did paul blart <laughs> uh you might know him as kevin james <laughs> Well, it's the right. gin, I think. It's not bad. I only poured like a shot and a half in this. We, we went down to and then a full can of uh, Perrier or Perrier. I don't care. I'm American. We decided on Sunday night we wanted to come down to Arantz, and a friend of hers like with a bartender there, and he poured a nice gin and tonic and picked up this, and it was Hendrix gin. And he was like, I swear by it. And it was like, oh, actually, because... Gin and tonics to me were were one of the the well drinks that I used to like once in a while. But it's a it's a drink to me if you don't have a bartender that's paying attention to how much the balance is between tonic and gin, I don't like it. I don't like when the when the gin overpowers and then it kind of tastes like a weird watered down gin because it's not full gin and I didn't want full gin, or if it's not enough gin and it's just like hints of gin and tonic. Yeah, it's like you have to get that. To me, I'm like I've always been very fickle about it. And when I get it and it's good, I love. I like to drink gin and tonic all night. If it's not, I, I fucking hate it. But this was like a really good uh, uh, gin that we got, and 
I went down and just like saw it, and it's it's actually a small artisanal made from Scotland gin. It's not the cheapest thing, but you know, you gotta put money. But it's somewhere. worth it, right? You gotta put money somewhere, and that's that's on a balance budget too. <laughs> so why not? But yeah, so she didn't partake in that one. So. See, that was the one thing that was funny because we went up and like because she has celiac, she can't have gluten, and she's been good for months. But when we got up there, it, free for all. Yeah, because the, the whole time she was going to try, you know, there will be stuff there. Because there were gluten-free breweries there. There was stuff, but that's her favorite, her favorite brewery and couldn't. <laughs> so she's not feeling too great about that because <laughs> all that stuff hidden. But there was just so much. Like, that was the one thing that was awesome. Was like, I'm not much for festivals of any kind. Like, yeah. I kind of, and it was funny, I was talking, I don't remember who I was talking to about it. But I said, like, it was weird to me because I go up there and I, I kind of feel like Groucho Mark sometimes where, you know, I don't want to be part of a club that would have me as a member. Like, I just, I, I have that. Like, that's just in my DNA. And I get up there and I'm looking around like, there's so many goddamn beards. I, I want to shave. Like, I just, I just. <laughs> Why would you want to shave? Like, I don't get it that. Just, I, it's just my brain. Like, I'm like, all right, <laughs> I don't, I, I can't. And it's not even like, well, I don't want to be like anybody else. Like, because mm. that's bullshit but it's just there's just this part of me that that has that like as an impulse of like well fuck this i'm not you people yeah like, no matter what it is you know, like, i like what you're doing i'm not i'm not like i'm not part of the crowd fuck fun <laughs> <laughs> you guys are laughing i'm gonna be depressed like, I, I just there's something about it that, like i just i couldn't i couldn't handle that and it's just like it gets to me like it clicks instantly that i'm like i don't want to be a part of this but that that hit me when i was up there well I, fuck you too derek <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, oh, I am home. <laughs> so are you digging your gin? Oh, yeah. Good. Don't ever talk about shaving your beard again. I, That's, I mean, I, my, mine's kind of glorious. How long have you had yours? Um, I had mine since, uh, like, September of 2013. But I, I got it trimmed at loyalty, like, every couple of months. But, uh... I haven't touched this since like March, and it's like wildfire now. So I'm thinking of getting it cleaned up because uh, my friend, well, you guys know him, Thaz Whalen. Uh, yeah, he wants me to kind of get ready and get fuck a picture Thaz. for. Uh, saying, fuck yeah, Thaz. fuck Thaz. If he's listening, fuck him. Thaz, if you're listening, <laughs> I hate you. I hate you in that I love you kind of way. But uh, no, I'm I'm gonna get a photo for the beard of Scranton. I'm gonna live a little. I'm gonna Do it, man. I get my ugly snapshot. <laughs> That's uh, one of our photographers, uh, Jason Reed Miller, is doing that. Oh, Georgie boy. Ooh, it's, it's, the more you know. Yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's for a, a good cause, from what I understand, too. Yeah, it's, it's for like, beards. <laughs> that's a great cause. That's that's beards a good point. Beards. <laughs> yeah, I started mine when I was teaching. They uh, did, I believe the funds were for one of the teachers that were going through cancer. They were going through chemo. I think that's what it started as. I don't remember correctly, but it was something, something with cancer, and uh, it was a no shave November, and it was like vote for your favorite beard, blah 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 blah. So I was like, oh, you know what? I've always kind of I would let it grow every once in a while, just when I was just like I don't give a shit and just not yeah. care. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm gonna really not give a shit and just go with it. And then like I had it and I had it for almost a year. It was. I had started it that November, and I think I shaved it that summer because I just was like, I don't want to have the, because I didn't. I didn't really plan on keeping a beard. So I'm thinking like, all right, if I keep it for the summer and then shave it, I'm going to have a 
beard and tan. So <laughs> I figured, oh, I'll shave it as summer comes. And then everybody started yelling at me like for shaving my beard. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just let it grow back. And I just did. And I haven't shaved it since. I, I keep mine like high and tight. I couldn't do the. I couldn't do George's. That it would just get to me after a while. I think I, I can't keep it that long. Yeah, this is like five or six inches right now. Yeah, I would say. You used to have a a goatee, be- or not a goatee? Uh, yeah, that yeah. little like massive. Yeah, it was a goatee. Under, I would say. Chin, it was, yeah. 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 Yeah, my wife posted that. I was, I was, I was trying to dig it up, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because apparently I was like the talk of the night at the bog because of that. Because, well, because, uh, like, oh my god, it's Rowdy Piper and the guy from Mudman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. When when did Rowdy Roddy meet the uh, the guy that runs any PA scene? Like, <laughs> lucky bastard. <laughs> It was it was funny because my my buddy Jason that we were just talking about you know hangs out there and my my wife posted that picture when when poor Roddy died and uh, you know I was it was a picture of me with him because uh, I have a tattoo and it has a they live reference in the tattoo so I showed it to him and it was not too long after I had gotten it done and he was just so excited by it like he was he was like oh man this is awesome and we got to take like at the, they were actually charging for for pictures like they had like a guy there that was like taking money and shit he's like fuck that shit like I, he just grabbed me he's like oh we're taking a picture of this this is awesome like I didn't pay for it or anything it was great but uh, he was he was just such a nice dude, so enthusiastic. Like I'm so heartbroken that he's dead. I couldn't believe it. You hear all of that after that happened, like all the people coming out and saying how generous he was and how nice. And, and that was another one. Like, I remember when I was a kid, like, I loved Rowdy Piper. Like he was like most, like our generation growing up. Like, yeah. He was the bad guy that you loved. Like, right. He was the first to have that mold of like you didn't boo him when he came out. Like you were happy. Like you loved. The, the nonsense and the and then you know finding out when we got older like half the stuff that he said was totally off script like he was a yeah. fucking genius like he yeah. just would come out with these like amazing one liners well I mean look at you know look at they live I mean so much of that you well, know he they, some of the most that was Ablib. Yeah. yeah, like the famous line from that. Not, and not to mention the fight scene, which was all his idea too. You know, that was just, a great fight scene. It's incredible, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Then the lead actor and they live would still be alive. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was too <laughs> soon. No, um, me and uh, surprisingly Thaz uh, and two of our other friends, every Tuesday we do beer and movie at Thaz's. So mm-hmm. one it's like an it's an open invite for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't care. Uh, swing on over. Um, he lives in a house, but <laughs> we did like. Upon news of that, like immediately, the one guy in the group, uh, Greg, he's like, "We need to watch They Live." Totally, it's like right off the bat, like we had the beer, we had the we had the movie, we were good. Nice. That, that was I mean, that was one of those movies I remember watching. I think the first time we saw it was on. You know, USA used to play awesome movies when we were younger. Because mm-hmm. I saw so many good. Like that's how I was exposed to They Live. That's how I was exposed to the Warriors. All four Tremors. <laughs> <laughs> Like those are the two I remember. Like I remember seeing Warriors, never heard of it. It just was on USA, and then They Live happened to be on one night. And I'm like, I remember watching They Live when I was younger, and I'm like telling everybody how amazing this movie was. Yeah. No one knew what I was talking about. I'm like, you have to see this, and it just I didn't even know it was a cult movie until like years, years later. 
But I like I love that movie. I don't I don't remember how old I was the first time I saw it. I was probably like ten. Mm. I was like really young when I saw it. And I just loved it. Mostly because like I was a kid. I'm like, oh my god, Roddy Piper. <laughs> okay, just, that's what made me like keep it on. Yeah. And then I'm like, this movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> and that, that's one. It, part of me would love to see a remake in current today. Yeah. Like, it would totally make sense. For the Warriors? No, no, no. They live. Oh, I'm. Sorry, I, I I had an email. I'm on call right now. <laughs> George is working. He's hustling. But, uh, Chasing that paper. <laughs> they were supposed to do a remake of the Warriors when they came out that video game and all that stuff. But that. Yeah, that would have been a five-minute movie. Text us, hey, pick us up. The end. There, There is a, a planned reunion of the rest of the cast that's still alive. At Coney Island. At Coney Island, oh, yeah. Really? Like, coming up soon, actually. What was the coolest is when, when Dexter, like, seeing Dexter's dad and, like, yeah, Ajax. Right? Yeah, because it was like, that is awesome. Because, like, it didn't dawn on me right away. It's just like, when I saw him, I'm like, why does he look so familiar? And then I'm like, oh, shit, that's Ajax. That's him, yeah. And it was like, I, I mean, I, that was the only movie I loved, and I kept telling everybody about it. And it's like, <laughs> and, I, and when I saw it, that was another one I realized, I'm like, I didn't know it was that popular. It came out of a video game. Yeah. And they were talking about remaking it. I'm like, it wouldn't even make any sense today. Yeah. It wouldn't make any that's sense. true. There are no gangs that fight with, with baseball bats and fists. Like, that's. Not it's all it works, it's huh? all Twitter war now. Look at Meek Mill and uh, Drake. Yeah, <laughs> and the Toronto or one of the mayors in Canada, Norm Kelly. He's like this sixty-some-year-old white guy, and he's interfering in between Drake and Meek Mill. That's amazing. It's hysterical. I didn't realize, I didn't even know until a couple of weeks ago that Drake was Canadian. Yeah, kind of made me like him even less. <laughs> well, I mean. Look at look at the gangster situ or the like the whole rap game now. Like they have Twitter wars. They don't. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Didn't they used to actually murder each other? Not like just. Yeah. Talk you know, about it. Tupac gets shot at outside a recording studio, but then the other guys, you know, like nowadays it's like hashtag like I don't like this guy anymore. He's a meanie. Like that's what it is right now. It's it's all online. And if social media was around, if social media was around. Like, as big as it is now, back in like ninety six, ninety seven, they'd probably still be alive. Hmm. I mean, they're yeah. they're probably still coming out with stuff like Kurt Cobain has uh, an unreleased album coming out. Like, I remember when Tupac died, he came out with a movie like a year later with John Belu- or Jim Belushi. Oh yeah, Tupac. Yeah, yeah, it was some cop movie. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. That's right, yeah, that's a thing that exists. <laughs> that that really happened. <laughs> I heard that was when I was in like seventh grade. I Jesus. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I know I probably saw it, but I don't remember any of that stuff. By the way, for, for the record, I will not regrow the giant <laughs> goatee that I used to have because it's not the early two thousands anymore. But. I I would do it for like charity or something. You mean early two thousands, like when you had it in 08? <laughs> yes, pretty much. Is that is that the I, early? I held on. Thing? I held on to it for a little too long. Yeah, that's right. It's but I, it was the, it was the last stronghold there. <laughs> no, I've never grown the full beard. I've only done the goatee. That's that. That was as far as I went. As long as none of us start listening to Limp Bizkit or Disturbed or. Uh, uh <laughs> surprisingly, uh, I guess. Limp Biscuit was actually relevant the other day about a uh, concert they did over in Asia where they ended up trashing a lot of stuff and their demands were just through the roof and they ended up like threatening to cancel if like their demands were. I know. (laughs) 
I mean, if you're if you're not listening to the song "Rollin'" in 2015, like, I, I I you should just turn off this now and never listen again. That, that's like there are some. It's funny to look back at like certain styles and bands that came and went. It's like that's one. I remember getting it. I remember I bought the first Limp Bizkit album when it first came out. I think I remember I remember buying it for five or six bucks. I remember it was dirt cheap at Gallery Sound when it first came out, and they, they were like just kind of starting with their cover of Faith. And oh God! I, and I got that album. And I was like, uh, I can give or take maybe about twenty five percent of it. It was okay. The rest, of, I couldn't. I, I never was really a big rap like it. Was just there were certain songs I liked, but never. It was just never my thing. I don't know. I th- I think Fred Durst was a lyrical poet of his time. I mean, he did come up with the lyrics. I'm like a chainsaw. I'll skin your ass raw. I thought you were gonna reference Nookie. Uh, no, 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 nobody does. Nobody references yeah. that. That's like just one of those bands. I'm like, how did that exist on such a mass scale? Like, what, what in the the popular consensus did people mm-hmm. gravitate towards? It's like, oh, this, I get this. West Borland. Not not only that that you know we we accepted Nookie is that euphemism, but then we went and and uh, you know the other, other the only other thing that can rhyme with that cookie, you know, so you can take the cookie and stick it up your ass. Well, you could say bookie. Oh, actually, you stick it up your yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah because we had to get around the whole uh, radio thing there. That was my favorite line of the song. Stick, stick it up, up your yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I was in uh when we when we went to um. We went to Rehoboth. There was a, a lot of outlets and stuff there, so we went and checked them out. It was mostly junk, actually, but like there was there was a hot topic there, and I'm like, oh, this is a blast from the past. I got to go in one of these, you know, because I hadn't been in one in like years at this point. So I, I went in, and it was uh, they were they were blasting old corn, and everything was leash. censored. Everything, like every <laughs> bit of it was said. It was hysterical to listen to because, like, they were would pl- replace the words with other words or just repeat words, like whatever the word rhymed with in the next lyric, like in the next lyric, that they would just repeat that twice. It was hysterical because it made the songs the songs made no sense at that point. That would have been an awesome job back then when that was like really a heavy thing. Like everything had to have radio edits. <laughs> like, just the, it's like it's like editing movies for TV. Like just like all those like, oh God, what was the the rope for snakes on a plane? I hate these Monday through Friday snakes. <laughs> Monday Friday snakes. This, oh. Monday through Friday plane. No, Mother these, father. I don't. I don't know. I hate these Monday through Friday snakes. On I can't remember what he says, but it was like that was one of the really well known ones for like the the TV edits. But those are always the best to just kind of go through and like watch how they censored those things with the ridiculous words that you would come up with. And, like, it was just one of those thoughts of, like, who thinks that that's passable? Like, right. There had to have been someone that said, like, that'll work. That'll work. They won't oh. even know. Uh, we have Google, so uh, <laughs> these monkey-fighting snakes on a Monday-to-Friday plane. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember the other two. That's like, beautiful. Who that's sits poetry, there and they're right? like... Yeah, it's like it, 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 it's so bad. Like, that was one of the ones that it's so bad it makes it hilariously good. <laughs> you know, some guy like probably like did that lip sync for the TV edit and he's like, oh man, I did such a good job. Like pats <laughs> no, himself on the back no, and then... 
Or if you had to be like the guy who voices that, because obviously they're not going to call Samuel Jackson up and be like, hey, could you say this stupid shit to replace the cursing? It would be great, but it's not going to happen. So, like, who is the guy that has to do the impression to try and get it kind of like that? Would he do it, though? Would Samuel? Because remember when he was on Saturday Night Live and he still said, fuck? I wonder if he would even be willing to censor himself. Probably. I would think he would be. That's true. Yeah. I can't remember what it was on Saturday Night Live, but he just said, what the fuck, I think is what he said. It was something like that, because they're supposed to be cutting him off at play and <laughs> he just screams out what the fuck and everyone just kind of looked at him like oh. and he still denied that he even said that which I'm like what else could you have possibly said like it was right. so obvious like I don't know there was a couple remember a couple months ago when uh, supposedly the weather guy said <laughs> a fucking nice day or something on the new like, oh yeah yeah was, like, all over. And I'm making like national news about it it's like well, you know, I, th- I think that's why he's just such, such a small role in all the uh, Avengers films, all the Marvel movies, because, you know, he probably just curses the rest of the time. <laughs> can't do- it's funny, I think he was in The Incredibles. Yeah, right. He's in a kid's movie. <laughs> he's in quite a few kids' movies. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, he does so many voices and stuff now. I mean, it pre- he pretty much will do anything for money, like, at this he point, does, like... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, then again, you know, like everyone, it's funny because everyone says that, like everyone criticizes people for doing shit like that. Like, there's so, right, there's such a stigma for it, which it, like, like, you know, big stars like Ben Affleck, they'll do commercials overseas because they don't want to do them here and get like shit on for it. But it's like, if somebody came up to you and was like, here, I'll give you $10 million to say use this toothpaste. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to go, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm too good for that. No, I have morals. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you. Get out of here. The more fun game to play is when you're watching commercials, spotting the repeat actors that are in multiple commercials. Yeah. Like, that's a real fun one to, to play. Because I remember there was this one lady that was in, like, an insurance commercial, a yogurt commercial. She was in, like, all these commercials all at once that were nonstop airing. And those are the ones that are fun, like, they are in the, that same position of selling their soul but not getting the pay up. Yeah. <laughs> They're just out there constantly just as much, but and, oh, nothing from it. And then uh, John Stamos with all the yogurt commercials. Yeah. Although with his current situation, he shouldn't be doing beer commercials, so he could stick to the yogurt. You got a DUI, man. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, Stamos got a DUI. Still living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> We've got that new show coming out, too. we got to take care of that one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like Didn't see that one. It's not going to last too long. Yeah, no. I, you know, I'd I'd love to see more. I know we were talking about before with Snakes on a Plane, but I would love to see, like, A-list actors just do, like, straight to film, like or straight to TV, straight to DVD, like, shit films. Like, two months ago, uh, Kristen Wiig and Will Ferrell did a Lifetime movie. Oh, I saw they that. literally... Yeah. If you look at the picture for it, <laughs> it just looks terrible. It's amazing. Like... It's called a deadly adoption, uh, the birth of a plan gone wrong. Who, who wrote it though? Didn't, didn't she have something to do with the writing of it too? Kristen, probably. I think she has something to do with the writing. She she is fa- she's a fantastic oh, actress. Yeah. But there, there's, I, I would love to see more doing like low grade exploitation films. Like not that uh, you know I'm about to reference someone that is far from an A list celebrity. Me. But, uh, yeah, George. Um, but Rugger Howard did. Uh, 
And he also, uh, the Blind Samurai, what was that? Oh, okay. Blind Fury? Blind Fury, yeah. That was, uh, Hobo with a Shotgun was awesome. Yeah, and like, that's, like, that was just doing a straight up exploitation throwback. Did you ever see the movie Street Trash? God, that but really sucks. Yeah. My uh one of my good friends uh used to talk about it all the time. We watched some of it, but I forget what happened that I probably got drunk that night. I love that is like such a fucking bad but awesome movie. I love just pure on there's no it's just like like Hubble with a shotgun, that was just pure exploitation. Like that was the whole point of that movie. That's what like street trash is like that. It was just um I can't remember what leaked into it, but it was basically this guy. Oh, this guy had old beer bottles in the back of his liquor shop. And they were like, gut, like gut rot. I forget what the name of this stuff, but it was literally making like the, you'd see the guy drink it and his stomach would melt and all. And there was not even, it was quote unquote gory, but it was everybody was neon as they're melting. Like they would, they would just, oh, paint, right, yeah. Like neon blue and pink and green. It was like a total 80s looking thing. But I love that movie so much. I like. I want to buy it because it came out the special edition, like two discs. You get all these like extras and like behind the scenes, which I don't know why anybody has behind the scenes. That's strange. Yeah, it's the special effects guy going, and here's where we kept all the neon shit. Like <laughs> here's where we kept the Nickelodeon gack. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> That's all they use. This Nickelodeon gack, and this is how we make it make fart sounds. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember ever doing when I was a kid. You get it in the jar and keep pushing it in and I'll go. That's about all you can do with it. It doesn't <laughs> stick to anything. It doesn't do anything else. Yeah, oh, well, it was kind of shitty in retrospect. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, yeah easily. Probably, probably very toxic as well. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, kids, put your hands all over this. If you have cuts on your hands, who gives a fuck? Just, just get that deep in there. And just, just dive right in. Let the, let the you can eat five cans before you puke. Silly buddy. You can copy the comics and them out. Yeah, I used yes. to put that on the newspaper for no fucking reason. And the, hey, look, I made a copy. This is yeah. uh, awesome. With, uh, remember Nutty Putty when we were younger? It was just Silly Putty and like, little peanut things. Oh, yeah. Marketing ploy. Oh yeah, it was. There was nothing else to it. It was just kind of, you know, the same exact thing. Play, play with used gum. Like yeah. it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, the big push Nutty Putty was it's non-toxic. Like, well, all right. I wanted Ooh. the toxic though. I, I just miss like all the, the, the innocence of being a stupid kid. Like I remember a couple, like, maybe like ten years ago now, Crayola came out with a new, <laughs> new crayon. I still like. I want to meet this kid and just say, "Wow!" They came out with a new color called macaroni and cheese, and there was a, they had a discontinuous. So dark yellow. Yeah. Well, they came out. They came out the color, and they had discontinuous because a, a kid ate it. Good and for him. It was macaroni. And cheese. Good for him. <laughs> He'll be on the show next week. <laughs> meet that kid so bad and be like, "Yeah, good job, buddy." Or meet, actually, probably more meet the parents because uh, you know. That's, that's more on them than it is on the kids. I would love to see a video if they had it, because parents used to film, like, the stupidest shit. Kid taking a bite, the confused kids. He's going to cry. He's going to cry. Oh, he swallowed it. All right, uh, who do we call? That's like a, I saw a YouTube video a while ago. Um, It's obviously still on there. I don't know the name of it, but uh, this kid microwaved a glow stick and then shook it, and it burst in his face. Like, what did he expect? 
Like I, I don't know, I don't know what happened, but it was lights out when it happened. So you see, like this glow splatter hit this kid, and he starts screaming. That's one of those like social Darwinism. It really is. Um, Just it, it all takes care of itself. It really does sometimes, and, and sometimes it unfortunately doesn't take care of itself. That's that's the best thing about like social media now. Everybody wants to record every detail of their life. Like, yeah, way, way too much information. Whether whether it's YouTube or whether, you know, like, it could, it could be a picture. It could be, like, untapped. Like, I checked in, like, 18 beers tonight, but I'm going to be called an alcoholic. And, but, uh, <laughs> like, th- they, record, they record every minute of their life without, like, really, like, going out and enjoying every uh, aspect of it. And it's... And look up, yeah. Because he kept looking out and just seeing red lights and people. It's like, why not live this? Why not experience this? Like, why do you have to live it through watching it? Because there's no difference whether you're watching it on a phone and you're in the room, or you're watching on a phone and you're a million miles away. Like, you're not there. Like, you're not feeling it then. And like, that's just the generation we're in. Everybody wants to capture everything. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't like taking photos of everything I do. Like, I just, I don't. I, I try not to. I try to like just kind of do whatever it is and then if i remember it cool sometimes i don't whatever but, but you were there i mean it's, yeah, it's, it's like i just want to kind of feel that and see what's going on i don't like going around having to take photos and put it all up on instagram and this and it's like i don't want that that's not i think that's where the disconnect is for me with the current generation and myself like i'm like that's not it, it was so hard for me even when for the radio show starting an instagram account getting the feel of like all right how the fuck does this work because i just my brain doesn't go there. Yeah. So you kind of have to figure out all this stuff. And like, you, you need social media to exist now, but at the same time, it's, it sucks in a lot of ways. Like, if, if you really want to see how disconnected a lot of people are, like, look up whoever's touring Warp Tour right now, type in the name of that band followed by Warp Tour, and then when you watch someone's footage, if they're recording the band, watch, like, look in the video, not at the band, but how many people else are holding up their cell phones. And there's a ton of them, and it's just like, dude, you're you're there. You don't need to record it. You want to see, like, why don't you just watch it? Grab it. If you want to take a photo, cool, take a photo. Nobody cares about your shitty recording because it's going to sound terrible. Yeah, any of those things, all you hear is... Here's me standing next to the speaker. Yeah, it's like, there's no point to it. There's no benefit. So just be there and be in it and watch it and experience and, like, other than that. The experience has gone downhill now. It's we're 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 over that. Like I go on my trips, I post like one or two photos, and it's not even of me. It's like you know my flight of beer because they're colorful and pretty, and, and, and I'm not gonna take always, a picture of me sipping. Taking, uh, dick pics and putting them online wherever he goes. Like this is me in New York. This is <laughs> me on Grinder. <laughs> like this. I mean, what? Uh huh. <laughs> Surprised they didn't make a female version of Grinder called Muffler. Oh, <laughs> I've been sitting on that nest egg all night. No, we don't. Oh yeah, we do. Because I don't want to. I don't want anything to risk that one. Um, so yeah, the glasses are empty. Uh, if you want to get in touch with any of us, you can head on over to NEPAScene.com. Uh, all of our fun stuff you'll find george and i around but uh that's about it so i guess we'll wrap this one up 
George's perfect dismount, and we'll see you next week. And maybe Matt will be here. Oh, yeah, maybe Matt will be back from the dead. We'll see. Jerry. I hope. All right, shut the fuck up. Right All right. Just 
the pod, but check out the scenario. Yo, yo, yeah, my man, yo, motherfucker. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? So what's the scenario?